I want to read from James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. It says there, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various or diverse temptations, trials, tests, knowing that the trying of your faith, everybody say that with me, the trying of your faith, look at your neighbor and saying, the trying of your faith works patience. Everybody say works patience. Somebody's laughing. You got the giggles. Who's got the giggles? It's so true. It does. Some people, somebody said one time, don't pray, don't pray for patience. God will give you tribulation. I think that's all wrong. Tribulation is going to come. So you do ask for patience. But it says this, but be, but let patience, here's what patience does for us. And we're going to learn about this today. But let patience have its perfect work. Everybody say perfect work. Because it's a maturing process that we're going through as Christians, that you may be perfect or that you might become mature in the things of God. And that is a huge jump from where we were as newborn Christians, that you may be perfect or complete or entire, mature, lacking nothing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that that you sit in the heavens and laugh. Hallelujah. Lord, because you know the end from the beginning. You know what you're doing. And Lord, sometimes it's hidden from us, it seems, but you always make it clear as we stand in faith in our storms. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. By the way, at the end of the service, Shana Seifert, where's Shana at? There's Shana. We're so excited about your baptism today. And so at the end of the service, stand up there, Shana. Amen. Happy face today. We're so excited when people just say, yes, I'm fully devoted. I'm going for Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this great scripture and for the truth that it presents to us and the power that it brings so that we can endure the things sometimes that seem to last so long, but yet they come to an end and you bring us through the battles. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. So one of the ways that God orchestrates your life in order to mature your faith and to and to make you complete in Christ so that you're not tossed with every tough situation or difficult scenario is to train you in the storm. And so today I want to talk about with you when God allows the storms of life. Now, all of us have been through them, and I thought it was so interesting this morning, I'm preaching on this subject, and it's almost like God was just cueing the lightning and the thunder. It was just so wonderful this morning. Lord, thank you for the confirmation. But he intends to bless you in many ways through the storm and and to bring you through it. We don't know how long the storms last. I'm going to give you some idea of what storms look like. Most of us know. But... He is bringing you through those storms and those difficulties. And his intention 
is to promote you, to perfect you, to bless you, to mature you, so that you're not worried when inflation numbers are going up. That, that side that was pretty good. All right, all right. So that you're not concerned when some of the rulers in our nation are just not quite the characters that we want to see leading the nation. So I can present, I can go on and on. But the fact is, is that this, this world is not a perfect world. And so we are challenged as Christians to say, our God is in authority here. And he is able to make all things praise him, even those things that don't look favorable to us. And this is a real challenge. This is where Christians and people who backslide, people who walk away from God, um, this is where they separate. Because when bad things happen to good people, what happens is that those people sometimes, Christians, they question. They question God, and the devil gets in, and the devil starts accusing God of not being who he is, and he is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He cannot vary from that. And so as Christians, we have to stand firm in that conviction. We have to stand firm in that place. When, when bad things happen to us, we have to stand firm because we know that God is doing something. And I'm going to show you and help you understand just a few things of what those things could be in your life and what he's intending to bring about. But as Christians, you're not exempt from difficulty. We see that in the parable of, you know, the house built upon the rock and the house built upon the sand. We know this. We know that storms are going to come, floods are going to come upon the, on the saved and the unsaved. We live in this fallen world. It's a beautiful world. God created it, but sin caused the problem. The devil invaded, and you know how it goes. You know what we're enduring in this world. I've explained it many times. But your test of faith and endurance is going to be a challenge to the extent, to the extent of how much the world has hold on you. In other words, the breaking point when you're going through trial is, is how much the world and what its appeal is and just giving up on God, what kind of hold that has on you. And so you don't want that to have a hold. And so you're breaking things off going through the trials of your faith. The Bible says that the trying of your faith is, is precious. God is refining your faith in a fire at times. And what is he doing? He's purifying your faith. So that when you get through it, oh, is that all it was? Is that what really the devil was trying to, to do. So you can see these things. The Father's heart is to bless you and get you through the problems that you're going through so that you can be better off, so that you can be a more, more equipped, so that you can be uh, a, a better provider, 
so that you can be a better mom, a better husband, a better wife, a more experienced believer, a more and stronger, healthier Christian who is patient in hope and waiting upon God. So if you're currently going and navigating through a storm, a test of faith in your life, I want you to keep in mind three things. Everybody say three things. Are you glad it's not seven today? Hallelujah. Three things. Storms are meant to correct us sometimes. Storms can correct us. And God allows them. I remember, and many of you will remember in your life, before you were saved, how God began to deal with you, how he began to work in your circumstances before you were saved. And I remember how as an unbeliever, I, I didn't realize God had this for me. I didn't realize how God had ministry for me. All I cared about was what I cared about, and it wasn't good. But God saw something different in my life. God sees you as you're going to be. Somebody say amen. He knows where you are, and he knows how to get you to where you need to be. Somebody say amen. But storms are and they can correct us. They are meant to correct us. And as an unbeliever, I went through many storms. I mean, this was before I was saved. Many storms in my life that God was getting my attention. I love what Tara's saying. God, you have my attention. You have my attention. And if we don't pay attention in the, to God in the storm, we're going to miss what God is doing. And so this is many times what happens in our life before we're saved. But yes, God can use a storm in your life, a trial, a difficulty. Maybe you're laid off. Maybe the economy. Yeah, I think there are storm clouds on the horizon in this nation. Obviously, we got real issues that are arising on the horizon. But everybody look at your neighbor and say, God is in control of my life. See, these storms often crop up when we are heading in the wrong direction. These are the storms that can correct us. When we are moving in the wrong direction. And so God says, I love this person so much, they're heading in the wrong direction. Now, he may not say it exactly that way because he knows all things. He doesn't have to say it the way I say it. But he knows what he wants to do. And he wants to turn you around. I was heading in the wrong direction. I was so far away from God. My poor wife, I put her through so much in, in the first six months of our marriage. I don't even know how we made it this long. I don't know why, she, well, I know how we made it this long, but I don't know how she continued to love me during those, those months of stupidity. Now, don't look at your wives, guys, yet, all right? But God sent the storms. Everybody say, God sent the storms. And he began to work in my life. He began to show me, Randy, what are you doing? Remember Jonah? He was heading in the wrong direction. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to challenge those people to repent. He hated the Ninevites. He hated them. That was a real problem. That was probably one of the root problems that Jonah had. He didn't want to go. He didn't like the people. I'm not going. So he gets on a boat. And he goes in the opposite direction of Nineveh, as if he can run from God. 
So God sends a storm, and then he sends a huge fish, some believe a whale, I don't know what it was. These, Jonah was so desperate, he said, just throw me over, it's me, I'm the cause of this storm. And when they threw, it, when they threw him overboard, the storm, the storm ceased, and everybody said, yep, he was the cause of it. <laughs> and so God prepared a fish, swallowed Jonah up, he's in the fish, uh, you know, for three days, how did he breathe? I don't know how he, I don't know. God knows how to, he knows how to supernaturally preserve you in unfavorable circumstances. He supernaturally preserved my marriage. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve a good marriage. I wasn't, I was going crazy. Jonah didn't deserve mercy, but God just moved that fish right to, right to the shores of Nineveh. Somebody say amen. Storms are meant to correct you sometimes, so don't get mad at God when you're going through a storm. Assess your heart. See what he's saying. So the fish just puked him up on the seashore. I mean, there's seaweed. Some scholars say he was bleached out. I mean, who knows what kind of mess he was in. And he starts, he doesn't even say he got cleaned up. It does not say he changed his clothes. He didn't have any. He just walked right into Nineveh, freaked the people out. (laughs) Is that Jonah? He hates us. He's coming here to scare us. I know. He's got this bad news. God's going to destroy us in 40 days. The news got to the king where he made the animals fast. He made all the people fast, take up sackcloth, moan and groan until God heard their prayers. And he did. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so Jonah gets up on a mountain. He's just, God, I just want you to destroy them. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And God says, Jonah, I'm not going to destroy them because you did what I told you to do. But, I, you know, these are your enemies. How many know God knows how to get you where you need to be? And so finally God showed him, gave him a great lesson. He was more worried about this thing that rose up, this plant that rose up and gave him shade than he was the people of Nineveh. And see, God has to sometimes correct us and change our priorities in the storm. Are you willing to learn that lesson? Come on. Amen. See, the devil intends to destroy. When Jonah went over, I'm telling you, the devil would have loved to have drowned Jonah, but God would not let him. Somebody say amen. Number two, if you're currently navigating your way through a storm, keep in mind the storm can correct us and the storms can perfect us. Somebody say amen. The storms mature us, just like James says here, the trials are not meant to crush you. The, the storm is, in God's eyes, it's never meant to drown you, but it is to mature you. In other words, God wants to show himself to you. So if you'll remain in faith in the storm, what will happen? God will show up. He will show up. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to show up for you. God's going to show up for you. See, the storms blow into our lives for the purpose of 
completing us, perfecting us, so that we can gain experience. The more storms I, I went through in my life, not of my own making, like when, you know, God has to correct me. The storms, when, uh, when I go through storms and I need correcting, that's storms of my own making. Sometimes storms are not of our own making. And as a young believer and as a disciple of Christ, as a young believer, I experienced many storms. I had a lot of different things happen to me to test and try my faith. And you have too. And so what happens is, it could be a financial storm, it could be a health storm, it could be a marital storm or a relationship or at work, whatever. And as young people in the Lord, young believers, I mean, we can be 80 years old and still be young in the Lord. Somebody say amen. What God is doing in that storm is perfecting and maturing you and you, your growth in Christ. You have to understand this. Because again, this is where people say, well, I don't know if God's even good, if he even loves me. And then they go back on God. No man having put his hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom. And so you just take these, this plow and you say, God, I may stand here while the rain is just gushing on me, while the storm clouds are brewing, and while the lightning is flashing, but I'm going to plow forward. I am not going back. See, Peter, remember when he was in the storm? Bless his heart. As we say, down in the country, I, I, I have country folk. Bless his bony heart. Heart. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know what Jesus was doing. He just, you know, I mean, they're out there. Jesus told him to go to the other side. The storm out of nowhere arises. The boats, they're thinking they're going to die. You know, there's fishermen, and when fishermen get upset, that's like if the stewardesses on the plane get upset, then you need to just start praying. Somebody say amen. I mean, if the fishermen are getting upset, but here's Peter. He sees Jesus, and he, he says, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. All the other disciples are, are in the boat. They're, they're freaking out. Oh, it's a ghost. I don't know what it is. And so G Peter recognizes it's Jesus. He steps out and begins to walk on the water. Somebody say amen. And can you imagine the faith? But Jesus is upholding him. He says, come. And, but the moment Peter begins to look at the storm, what happens? What happens? It wasn't Peter's fault that the storm was there. Jesus told him to get in the boat. So you may be in the middle of God, God's will, and a storm arises. Bad news comes. Difficulty hits. Maybe unexpected news. And you have to take your stand. And so... Peter gets out of the boat. He begins to walk, but he lost his focus. And the storm in your life, just like Peter, is not meant to seek you. Jesus wasn't going to let him drown. But the, when he began to sink, Jesus reached out, picked him up, and then put him into the boat. And the storm ceased. Everybody say, the storm ceased. Hallelujah. The storm will always cease, beloved. I said the storm will always cease. You need to understand that when you're going through... This storm is not going to last. Tell the devil the next time you're going through a trial at work, devil, this storm is not going to last. I'm going to come through with a promotion. Hey, somebody. I'm about ready to shout in this place. Praise God. 
So God uses the storm to mature our faith. Peter later wrote, and I love this. If you've read the the epistles of Peter, they're very powerful. He talks a lot about suffering because the early church went through much more than we would ever go through as American Christians, at least now in our history. But 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will him... Look at what happens. Just a little... Everybody say a little while. After you've gone through the trial, the storm... Will himself, God, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That is the result of trials. But we have to handle them correctly. We have to walk through them. We have to learn to stand in them. They challenge us. They're difficult, but you will make it. Why? Because Jesus is with you in the storm. His promises are yes and amen. And finally, number three. Everybody say number three. We finally got there. Hallelujah. If you are currently navigating a storm of health, of finance, problems in your life, whatever they are, big or small, some things can seem very small to others. They're big to you. That doesn't matter. God is in control of all of them, and he's able to bring you through. But the storms not only correct us at times, they perfect us and mature us so that we can live in a greater measure of of power and grace, but also the storm can direct us. It can direct. Everybody say direct us. See, these storms that emerge at times in our lives... They they emerge because God wants to accomplish something we don't yet know about. We don't know about them yet. That's why it's so important to live by faith. Because even though God can correct me, and believe me, I don't ever want to go through a storm uh, ever again, and I've made it a, a, a goal of mine never to go through a storm of my own making. I want to live humble. I want to live right before God. I don't want to mess up. Somebody say amen. Now, I'm not living by works. I'm living by grace. But because I love Jesus, I'm going to live for him. And I I understand storms are going to come, but I want them to perfect me in a measure that brings glory to Jesus and reflects his grace. But sometimes storms get us positioned correctly for God to use us. Now, let me explain. These storms emerge because God wants to accomplish something new or something we don't know about. So here's Paul the Apostle. Everybody knows about the Apostle Paul. At the end of his life, he was, he was for the faith. He was taken prisoner. And for years in prison, he was able to preach the gospel. He was able to have visitors, and he preached the gospel. He went to Capernaum, uh, or yeah, I think it was, not where was, I forget where it was, um, uh, on the seashore, wherever. And uh, he was held captive, and, and, and he had trial, and they held him bound, and he shared the good news, and they were taking him to Rome. They were going to take him to Rome, where history tells us that he would be beheaded. And so while Paul was in prison, 
his, his, his faith was being shared. The goodness of God was being shared. And so the trial happened. They kept him bound. They didn't release him. He did not deserve imprisonment. He appealed to Caesar. And so he gets on a boat to go to Rome. And day after day, they're traveling, they're taking on cargo, they're taking on prisoners, and they're taking on passengers, and they move on to Rome, and then a hurricane hits. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, hurricanes are not good. They are not good. And Paul warned these these sailors, he warned the captain, he even warned the guard that was keeping him a prisoner. He said, look, this is not going to be good. Paul was receiving revelation from God. And he was warning the people, this is not going to be good for any of us. And we're going to lose everything. But the Lord told him that you would not lose the lives, not one person on on board, if they do what you tell them to do, Paul. Somebody say amen. How many know God has you in the right place at the right time so that other people don't die? So that other people don't go to hell. So that other people can hear the good news of Jesus and give their life to Christ. See, this this boat got tossed for two full weeks. Tossed at sea. They threw over everything, all the anchors. They threw over all the cargo. Paul said, don't throw over anybody because I'm going to, God is going to save every soul. And there were over 200 people on the boat. And so they cut the anchors, they cut the lifeboats, <laughs> and they, they went uh, with the wind. And finally, they, they came upon an island. And this island was getting closer, it was getting closer. Finally, they're shipwrecked on the shore, and the boat breaks apart, and People grab on if they can't swim. They grab on to different things and just float and swim to the surface, to the shore. And not one person was lost. Somebody say amen. So Paul wasn't planning to go to Malta, this island. He wasn't, he wasn't planning to be a, uh, an evangelist on the island of Malta. He was going to Rome, but God had other plans. See, your storm is sometimes meant to bring you to a place where you didn't plan to be. I remember when we were starting this church, and the pastor that I was, I was under, and I was the associate pastor, he, Pastor Dukes, he's with the Lord. I remember him just talking to me about when I, when I retire, you're going to take over. When I retire, you're going to take over. And I, you know, I was happy about that. But then God called me here. And it was a major storm in my life. It was not comfortable because all of my salary was coming from that church. And when I came here, there was no salary because it was a brand new church. And I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I think God is wanting us to plant a church in Westchester. And we just lived right down the street. Now, there were three other churches I shared last week, three other churches that had started Assembly of God churches in Westchester and Mason, and all three of them failed prior to our church. 
So you can imagine the storm that was going on in my brain. But God said, I want you to plant a church in Westchester. And I looked at my wife and she said, she said something leaped on the inside of her. And I wasn't expecting this. She said, yes, we need to do that. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, my dad was a little more cautious when I told my dad. He said, are you, are you serious? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my dad, you know. But my wife, totally different. And, you know, my dad was encouraging. I'm going to back you. You know, it's all, all good. But thanks be to God that he proved himself where I needed to be and what I was supposed to do and what he wanted to do through us. With Paul, he laid hands on the sick. People were getting healed. The whole island heard about the gospel. Even the king, listen to this, the king of Malta, he was so sick. He was near death. And so they called Paul in. Paul laid hands on the king, the island of Malta, and God healed him. And the whole island heard the gospel and revival broke out. Don't despise the storms. God has things in your life that you don't understand yet, but God is going to prove it to you, that if you'll live by faith, he will turn it around for your good and his glory. Bring those lights down. Where's the worship team? Come on up here. Hallelujah. See, storms emerge at times because God is wanting to accomplish something that just isn't on our radar. We're busy with our careers. We're, we're busy with our families. And all those things are very, very important. Stay busy with those things, right? God wants us to do that. But sometimes, okay, God, what are you doing? See, this is what you ask God in the storm. God, what are you saying to me? What are the things that you want me to learn? Is it patience? Okay, got it. Is it faith and sincerity and hope? Okay, I'll, I'll learn that. It isn't easy going through the fiery furnaces of life, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to come out without smoke and the smell of smoke on you. You are going to live in such a way as to bring glory to God in all the days of your life. Listen, when it talks about going from glory to glory, in the New Testament, glory to glory, that's what he's talking about. You're not going backward. You're not going backward. You're going forward. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. From peace to greater peace. This is God's plan for your life. Learn that when He allows the storms of your own making, storms you're unaware of, Storms that come, trials, that he is going to bring you through. Stand with me. Thank you, Father. Romans 12, 12 says this. Let me read Romans 8, verse 28. And we know, everybody say we know, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I declare over your life 
that you are more than a conqueror. I declare over you that you are overcoming even now. You may feel like you're on the bottom rung, but you are overcoming. You are not losing your faith. You are not going down. You are not going down because God has destined you to go up and over to the top. See, storms, as I said, are not meant to sink you. They're not meant to destroy you or discourage you even. Somebody say amen. I know you got to battle discouragement. you got to chop at discouragement because it'll come hard. It'll come hard, but you chop. Somebody say amen. Chop at that. Kick that devil out of your life. He's accusing God. God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't love me. No, devil, get out. I'm serving God. Watch what my God does. When Moses was standing at the Red Sea, at the Red Sea, he didn't say, oh God, why did you lead us out here? No, he's, God said, stretch forth your rod, Moses. And the sea parted and God protected them from Pharaoh's army. Boom. Everybody say, boom. <laughs> That's what God does. He lowers the boom on the devil. Hallelujah. Storms are meant to correct me. Thank you, Lord. To perfect me and to direct me. Make this declaration. Repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your sovereign hand in my life. You are my protector. You are my provider. You are my helper. And you are my way maker. When storms come, I will trust you. When trials of faith occur, I will put my confidence in you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for correcting me when I'm wrong, for perfecting me when I need it, and directing me when I don't know what I'm doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.